Good evening. Uh, so tonight, though, we're, we're still in this series on uh, midweek services called Mountains Move, and we're looking at different places in Scripture, different mountains in Scripture, where um, some significant things took place. And, and tonight, we're, we're looking at Mount Zion, where uh, the uh, temple is going to be built, dedicated to God, God's house, um, where people worship and sacrifice to God. And so we're in this story in First Chronicles where uh, they're getting ready to, or it's sort of the, the, the command by God through David and to his people is to begin building this temple. And in First Chronicles uh, chapter 28 and verse 9, uh, David is talking to Solomon, his son. And there's a, a lot of things actually just very subtly going on in this text that I just, you know, uh, I think are worth reflecting on and, and have a lot of meaning and I think really speak to what a lot of us, especially if you have children, experience in life. Um, the first thing David says, he says, And you, Solomon, my son, know the God of your father and serve him with a whole heart and with a willing mind. You know, in just a few chapters in Chronicles, David is actually going to pass away. He's going to die. And he's coming to the end of his life. And like so many parents want for their children, they want to pass on the the good things that they've learned, and they hope and wish for the best for their children. And David is sort of conveying to Solomon, in, in a sense, this desire that he know and serve the God that he has known and served. What David desires for Solomon is for him to have a heart for the father. You know, David was known to have a heart, you know, the heart for God. He was a man that had that sort of desire and drive to be connected to God. But David himself wasn't without some issues, right? And he didn't want those issues maybe to continue through his son Solomon. I mean, David couldn't keep his eyes off of people on the rooftops, He sent someone away to die to sort of cover up his sin. He wasn't always faithful, but he learned from these experiences. And even though he he didn't live a perfect life, he did have a heart for God. And he wanted Solomon to have that heart and not commit the same mistakes that he made. And so I sort of read this, and there's, there's, to me there's this little sentimental moment being conveyed in a subtle way between David, the father, and his son Solomon. When David says, know the God of your father, that is of my, me, and serve him with a whole heart and a willing mind. That is, be all in. And of course, Solomon didn't take all of David's advice, we learn later. But the heart of the father is pretty clear there for his son. And I read this text and I think, okay, so here, here's David. He's talking to Solomon. He's saying, you know, have, have, uh, serve God with a whole heart and serve God with a willing mind. And I think just how hard is that? <laughs> I mean, think of matters of the heart and matters of the mind. I mean, the heart wants what the heart wants, Right? I mean, you desire things, you, you sort of feel emotions and experience life in a certain way. It's sometimes hard to, to tame the heart, to keep it directed in a healthy way. 
And, you know, the saying, you know, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. <laughs> I mean, there's this sort of relationship, right, between the mind and the heart. Sometimes your mind can tell you to do one thing, but you're kind of feeling maybe you want to do another. I mean, by way, I mean, by way of example, like, I can go home and I can look at my house and my mind can say, you really need to clean the bathroom, but let's be honest, my heart isn't in it. <laughs> And so David is saying to Solomon, like, it's got to be your mind and your heart. Everything's going to be aligned and, and facing towards God for what you're about to do and experience. Leading the people, building the temple, and being faithful. Is your heart in it, and is your mind in it? And so the heart is a fickle thing. You don't always know why you feel what you feel, You can't always stop some of the feelings that come. And sometimes you don't even know what is going on. And in a way, the mind's not any easier. I mean, am I of right mind? Do I know what I'm really trying to do on any given day? And the reason why I think this is hard to really focus fully on God the Father with all of your heart and all of your mind and and everything you go through in life is because there's just so many things that distract you. I mean, we live in in a world that's like just full of constant input and engagement and asking. And we try to multitask and focus on multiple things and lean our attention into all this stuff. And it's not that all this stuff is like inherently against God. It's just, it's, it's just stuff that keeps us maybe from seeing and understanding and trusting fully where God is leading us. And so our brains tell us, oh, we're missing something in life because a commercial tells us we need the new car. And then our hearts begin to desire our neighbor's car. (laughs) Or the woman on the roof. Or the multiple wives that Solomon had. (laughs) You see, it just happens really easily. But David wants more for Solomon. And he wants Solomon to know what it means to be with God. And so this is all true, like we know we experience sin and brokenness in the world. Like I don't have to really explain this to you, I don't really need to give examples. You know how easy it is your heart is to kind of look towards other things. You know how easy it is for your mind to to stray and be distracted by things and and not trust and not have faith and to have doubts and to, to, to be tempted in many, many ways and it's just all there. And then this next verse is disturbing to me. <laughs> it says... You know, he says, you know, serve him with your whole heart and with a willing mind. And he says, for the Lord searches all hearts and understands every plan and thought. That sounds lovely, doesn't it? How many, how many of you want someone to be in your mind? I don't see any hands being raised. Right. I mean, in the early service today, somebody says, well, that's just how it is. Of course, I mean, that, that's God. Well, of course it's God. It doesn't mean it makes it any more comfortable. Like, I know it's true. See, this is a head-heart thing. In my head, I know God knows everything. My heart says, please don't know everything. But he does. He can see into your heart. He can see your plans. He knows your thoughts. That's kind of terrifying. (laughs) Unless you know what kind of father you have. 
I mean, one that loves you and forgives you and wants you to be with him. One that knows your thoughts and still says, come and follow. Be with me. And so David is telling Solomon this, and then he says, if you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will cast you off forever. You know, it's not like God is, like, this is not an Easter egg hunt. He's not hiding from us, hoping that we stumble upon him. He's just there. All we do is turn to him and he's there. And so all David is saying to Solomon is just, just go to him. Be with him. If you seek him, if you, if you, with your heart and with your mind, go to your father, your heavenly father, he will be found. He is there. And so don't forget that. And he tells Solomon all of this because of what he's about to undertake. He's about to rule the people. He's about to lead them. And he's about to begin a very important task, and that is to build the house of God on Mount Zion. And he says, be careful now, for the Lord has chosen you to build a house for the sanctuary. Be strong and do it. And again, this, this makes sense because if you're building the holy house of God, like you need to, you know, it's not that God is seeking perfection. We know Solomon can't be perfect, but stay focused on the task and, and what you're trying to do and don't be distracted. Don't let your mind wander. Build the temple. Be faithful in building it the way God is wanting it to be built and move forward. But it's not going to be easy. And this is why David at the end of this chapter, he says, be strong and courageous and do it. Do not be afraid and do not be dismayed for the Lord God, even my God, is with you. You know, Solomon's about to start a whole new chapter in his life, leading the people and, and creating a huge element of the spiritual life of these people a place where they gather to worship and sacrifice and to connect with God with their heart and with their mind. It's a big task. It's not going to be easy. There's going to be distractions. There's going to be temptations. There's going to be opportunities to, to give it up. But David's saying, be strong and be courageous, and you will do it. And it says, he, that is the Father, will not leave you or forsake you, until all the work for the service of the house of the Lord is finished. That is, no matter how hard this job gets, God will always be there. But here's the thing. In this chapter, we're talking about hearts and minds, and we're talking about a physical temple, and we're talking about how God is going to be present with Solomon until he finishes this work. But God is much bigger than this. And it means much more for us. You know, there's this sort of sect in Christianity. Um, it's like the Zionist movement. And I don't know if you've heard of this, but basically the, the sort of thumbnail version of this is that they believe that if we rebuild the Temple Mount on Zion again, like we restore it to its full capacity and beauty, um, somehow we'll be able to flip a switch by doing that and Christ will return and usher in the end of the world. 
The problem with this is that it's never been about the temple on Mount Zion. Christ in the Gospels, he he sort of speaks cryptically and, and tells them that this temple is going to be torn down and raised again in three days. And people looking at this massive temple that Herod had built are thinking that's impossible. But Jesus is no longer talking about the physical temple. He's talking about himself. Because God the Father dwells with him, with his people. So Jesus dies and raises again in three days. And then what happens? He sends the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit comes to all of us and creates faith, and we become the temple. We become the place where God dwells in our hearts and in our minds. He's with you. There's this, uh, do any of you familiar with Petra? I'm just curious. No? Okay. Yeah. It wasn't maybe the brightest spot in Christian music. Um, It was like 80s rock Christian. You can Google it. But uh, they have a song called Road to Zion. (laughs) And uh, and the line is, um, you know, basically it just says, the road to Zion is in your heart. And that is, at the end of the day, we're not looking for a place to go. We're trusting that God is with us through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so as we live our life, we we focus on our heart and our mind because we're, we're building something, but it's not a place. We're building, through the power and work of Christ, a strong foundation and trust in what he's come to do for us. And we hear these words a little bit differently then. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid and do not be dismayed. For the Lord God, even my God, is with you and he will not leave you or forsake you until all the work for the service of the house of the Lord is finished. He will not leave you or forsake you until you are made complete in him. And so we check our hearts. We think and reflect with our minds. And we orient ourselves to Jesus. And we live in this world not fearfully, but full of trust and hope because he is with us. And in him we will be raised again. It's in Jesus' name. Amen.